Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And I feel like a lot of people just give up when they get that, that fear and they sort of pivot back into a, a nine to five or whatever it is. But yeah, if you sort of just persevere through it, I think feel like, uh, you know, eventually you sort of come up with a solution or find a way to make it work because there's not really any other option. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're back with Jack Freestone, the founder of Buys Collective. In this more instructional episode, he shares the highs and lows of his journey, incredible advice on the value of turning your properties into Airbnbs as well as highlighting the importance of perseverance and his thoughts on luck and success. While many remember that the successful moment as the moment when they hit it big and rolled in the big bucks, Freestone recognizes his as the moment he knew property investment was his calling. He thus paints a picture of his first investment property. My first ever property development um, was probably my first aha moment when I I walked away I think with around $120,000 after like nine months of work. Uh, in my pocket and I was like, well, you know, this beats you know, most nine to five jobs that you can do and I had fun doing it and learned so much. And so I was like, oh, if I can do, you know, two or three of these a, a year, you know, I'm cheering. So that was definitely a, an aha moment. Basically, it was uh, the first deal that I did. It was um, in New Zealand, actually. So it was a, a block of land and uh, basically it was like on the outskirts of this this sort of town and people were unsure if you know the council would allow you to subdivide it because uh, it didn't have the correct zoning and I made a few more inquiries and discussed it with a, um, a town planner and the council I went in and met with them and they assured me that you know I, sh- I should be able to push it through and if I you know completed these different aspects of that that they wanted for the property um, they would approve it so I basically engaged all the, the correct trades I, I purchased the property and um, I, I started the process and I went out to old dairy farmers in um, you know the farmland in New Zealand and brought these old dairy houses um, one I purchased I think for 25,000 the other one was like 36,000 got them got them moved on a, on a truck uh, to each of the sections and um, I basically got them, you know, connected and set up or to all the services and then I started the renovation process. 
and renovated uh, the first house first and then sold that and then started the second one and uh, completed that and, and unsold that. I actually sold them both um, privately as well. So I saved myself money there on, on real estate fees. When it came to renovation, Freestone was more than happy to delegate his tasks. Not keen on trades work, he assumes other vital roles, management and sales. Sharing his management strategy, Freestone reveals a valuable lesson to everyone listening, how to bring up the value of a house. I hired tradespeople, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not that keen uh, to jump on the trades or, or that skilled for that matter either. Yeah, so typically uh, what I would do is um, create an, an outdoor space like an alfresco area. Um, I would usually gut the house uh, completely, put in new kitchens, new bathrooms, uh, new flooring, uh, and paint the inside and the outside, new roof if it, if it needed to be done. Um, and all, if, it, if the roof didn't need to be done, it would just have a new coat of paint. Uh, and then basically just a, a small uh, minor amount of, of landscaping and, um, and that would be about it. Usually it would be you know, anywhere between 50 and 100 grand on the, on the renovation. So some of them were quite considerable. I have done uh, lots of renovations that were you know, 30 grand, I think was the smallest one I've probably done. Unfortunately, a renovation is not like a development. There is no fixed cost. Unexpected issues and costs may crop up. It definitely happened quite a, quite often with uh, renovations. It's sort of like Pandora's box. You don't really know what's going to happen until you start opening up walls. And, you know, I, there was lots of times where there'd be maybe a small leak in the roof and that had been, you know, leaking in the wall and then, you know, all the studs uh, and, and framing were, were rotten within the wall and that had to be replaced or in the floor and different things like that. So, yeah definitely uh, encountered quite a few things like that. Despite this uncertainty, Freestone keeps his passion for renovations. I really like uh, doing renovations, really enjoy it. I love doing developments. Just uh, it's a really rewarding sort of, um, you know, project to do because at the end of it, you can be proud of what you've accomplished and, you know, what you've been able to complete and, you know, someone else is going to enjoy it. But uh, I'd like to, you know, continue to lean more towards uh, the higher end of, of, of houses, uh, you know, new builds, uh, luxury sort of homes is, is a direction that I'd like to uh, continue working towards. Of course, one cannot remain stagnant in their career. Having hit his rhythm with renovations and finding a place within the property industry, Freestone shares his future career plans and goals. The last house I did, it was uh, down towards Byron Bay and that was more of a luxury renovation and it was more of that boho, whites and woods and really uh, that's sort of like in trend at the moment. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would love to continue doing that up here as well. Uh, my main focus at the moment is, is the, the buyer's agency that I've been running um, and, and that's you know keeping me going full time. Uh, every single day I'm, I'm working on that business. We're, we're super busy helping home buyers, investors and developers. Um, but yeah, when I get more free time or as the business gets bigger and you know, I'm able to employ more people, I will definitely you know, continue uh, on the development side a bit more. With his upcoming plans of building a portfolio and shifting into the high-end luxury market, Freestone reminisces on past renovation projects. It was... Um, 
I think it was back in 2021 I purchased that one and uh, it was an old brick 1980s single level home four bedrooms two bathrooms double garage just on just over 600 square meters and uh, I decided to to fully gut the the inside of the house and put in new bathrooms new kitchen huge alfresco area with you know pizza oven and you know seating and yeah, made it made it really nice. Rendered the outside and and painted it. Uh, the property did have a, a heritage overlay on it, uh, even though there wasn't really any heritage houses in the street. Um, so with council, we had one council member come out and tell us, you know, uh, what color we could paint the house, and so we painted the the house that color. Um, it wasn't exactly what we wanted to the color that we wanted to paint the house, but. It wasn't too bad in the end. Uh, they wanted us to actually paint the house more of a green color originally, but but we ended up talk, talking them around to um, to a really really light gray, almost white at the end. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was a really exciting um, renovation, and uh, I've held on to that property, and it's on Airbnb, and you know it does really well. So why why did you choose Airbnb rather than go down the traditional path of renting it out? The returns on Airbnb were just uh, a lot better. Um, obviously, you got the insurance with Airbnb, which covers you up to, I think, a million dollars uh, for, for damages or, or loss of, of property. Um, you know, a guest would typically stay for a minimum of two nights and a maximum of five. And uh, cleaners would have cleaners go in after and clean the house. So it's constantly being looked after and maintained so it just made sense in that in that regard and um yeah the returns are are huge compared to the long-term market there though many listeners may be hesitant to divert from traditional practices when it comes to property investment freestone encourages us to take that leap he shares some reasons why more of a streamlined sort of system uh it's on airbnbbooking.com and when a booking comes in i sort of notify the uh, the cleaner the cleaners are sort of aware of all the bookings there's a lockbox on the side of the house and a, uh, the code for the lockbox gets sent to um, the guest before they arrive and so then they can just get the keys and go in and they just put them back when they leave and then the cleaner goes and get, collects the keys and cleans the house and maintains the property and then puts them back. So I don't really have to be there at all. Um, so that's really convenient for me. Disclosing further detail, Freestone highlights what information he gives cleaners to be able to prep the property. I've met them a few times and taken them to the property originally before they, we employed them, discussed, you know, sort of what I wanted done and uh, how it needed to be done and, you know, if they could um, complete you know, all the bookings that we have because we're quite busy and uh, they were able to do it. They were fine with, um, you know, changing the sheets. We just ended up buying, um, you know, several sets so it would be a lot easier for the cleaner so they wouldn't have to rush throughout the process and, yeah, it's it's been really smooth sailing. Continue to impart his wisdom to listeners, Freestone shares the importance of setting new goals. Having purchased his property in Byron Bay and making the bold move to the Gold Coast, he outlines the next steps in his success plan. So personally, I would just like to uh, accumulate maybe you know another five to, to ten properties um, uh, along the Gold Coast and mainly in Brisbane City. 
um, basically hold them up until, you know, retirement sort of age. Uh, and in the meantime, throughout that process, I would still like to be continuing doing the, the development side of things. Um, but yeah, like m- my main focus in property right now is, uh, is buying it for other people. Coming up after the break, Freestone shares advice on how to get into property investment. If people do want to buy, you know, small units and, and apartments and things like that, uh, we usually try to direct them ar- around to, you know, small five packs, ten packs sort of scenarios. He discusses the incredible value a portfolio brings to the table. For me personally, growing a portfolio is more for for freedom. Um, you know, I think that's what a lot of people's goal is, is you know, not necessarily to get rich or you know, become wealthy. It's more about being able to do what you want with your time. Debunks the myth of luck in the success journey. I think you, you sort of create your own luck. I think um, I've created it just from you know, getting out there and having a go and uh, you know, learning from other people uh, that you know, uh, are more advanced than myself and that have more experience. And that's next. I'm Tyron Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Giving listeners even more advice, Freestone outlines the criteria he looks for when buying as well as the strategy adapted for clients. Typically, uh, I could base a lot of our purchases off location uh, dependent and data-driven uh, information but basing you know, different locations off the demand, the supply, just simple economics, things like that. Um, here in Brisbane, there's really low stock levels at the moment. Uh, and there's still quite a lot of buyer demand. I always, you know, sort of go back to my roots where I think that purchasing when it comes to, to property or an investment depends on a client strategy. But for me, buying a house and, and just land uh, is the best sort of investment that you can buy. Uh, I try to steer most people away from apartments in, you know, high rises and things like that. Uh, but, uh, if people do want to buy, you know, small units and, and apartments and things like that, uh, we usually try to direct them ar- around to, you know, small five packs, ten packs sort of scenarios, because um, you're only sharing the, the land value with a small number of people compared to um, big high rises. But typically, in those sort of locations, people are buying for, you know, convenience uh, and lifestyle. To elaborate. Freestone reveals the main advantages buyers consider when choosing units, highlighting that it has more to do with convenience than the lower price point. Typically, it's lifestyle and, and convenience for home buyers. When they want to buy in there, you want to be you know close to all the shops, um, you know, the cafes, the restaurants, and you know not having to commute so far for work and things like that. So typically, before the rate rises, we saw a lot of buyers you know on the inner city wanting to purchase houses. Uh, but since you know interest rate rises, those people's borrowing capacity is diminished, but they're not actually wanting to compromise on the locations, and so instead they'll start buying apartments or townhouses. Moving away from the more traditional advice, Freestone answers a more pivotal question: Why do this at all? Why invest in a strong portfolio? For me personally, growing a portfolio is more for for freedom. Um, you know, I think that's what a lot of people's goal is: is you know, not necessarily to get rich or you know become wealthy. It's more about being able to do what you want with your time. 
that's what I'm more about. I'd love to, you know, be able to, you know, do whatever I want, whenever I want with my time, whether that be traveling or spending it with family and friends. Uh, I think that's the the main thing. And I think property is a great tool to be able to leverage into a position uh, quite quickly uh, compared to, the, you know, different avenues. I understand it quite well. You know, you can, it's tangible. You can see it, you can feel it, you know, for me, uh, I think it's the, the best uh, tool to get there. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a very good, strong vehicle. Once again, it's a vehicle to get to your goals or your dreams and whatnot. And ultimately, you know, you don't have to say you love property as much as you should. Um, it, it's something that just helps you achieve your dreams and goals, just like with any business as well too. And along your journey, you've, you've actually done a lot of things, which is really amazing. You've experienced a lot of it through businesses for your property. Did you have any resources or mentors that you actually approached previously to gain the skills that you had or was it all through experience? Uh, yeah, I didn't necessarily have any uh, mentors or um, people that sort of guided me that much. I just really watched other people that were doing the things that I wanted to do, whether that be on social media or you know checking out their websites and seeing different projects that were being completed or, or done. Um, and I would just, you know, research about them and, you know, their story and, you know, how they got there, how they started out, lots of podcasts and lots of different things, reading different books and, and stuff like that is really sort of just self-education, I guess. Continuing to help our listeners, Freestone's more than happy to recommend reading materials that have helped shape his journey. Different books. There's always the, uh, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was probably one of the first uh, property sort of uh, books that I that I ended up reading. Um, uh, I recently read a book. I forget the name of it, but it was about a developer that um, created the suburb of Springfield Lakes uh, up here in Brisbane. Mahab Thumbi. I can't pronounce his name, but yeah, yeah, something like that. And that was a really incredible story that that that, that guy did. He just didn't stop and, until he got it done. You know, the things he went out and did, uh, and the amount of no's that he got, and roadblocks and you know, the amount of times that he was about to go bankrupt and he still, you know, pushed through and, and made it happen. It's amazing. His vision was so big that, you know, it was something that he, he was so strong and passionate about that drove him to be able to achieve that because if he didn't, you know, there wouldn't be a Springfield as we speak today, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So what, what did you learn from that book in particular? That um, What was the, the, the point that you or anything that you took away from it? Uh, just... The pure resilience, I guess, that that guy had, um, and just that drive to to really just reach his goal, and you know, not let all the no's and the roadblocks, you know, get him down, and you know, just he basically takes the the perspective of every no that you get is closer to an, uh, a yes that you're chasing. So, you know, I just sort of try to adapt to to that mindset and. Um, get really comfortable with getting rejected or getting no's and um, yeah, just focus on the goal. There's so many different stories like that where someone's, you know, created a, a billion dollar business, but, but prior to that, they got so many no's and, you know, got rejected so many times. And on top of that, they're almost bankrupt as well. She came to that low point going, I didn't have much money in the bank. And it's like that scary moment. Do you keep going or do you give up and, and move on to something else? Yeah, because I feel like that's what happens to a lot of people throughout, you know, entrepreneurship and starting your own business is that, you know, there are a lot of scary moments. So you, you don't know if you're going to make it through or, you know, 
be successful and I feel like a lot of people just give up when they get that, that fear and they sort of pivot back into a, a nine to five or whatever it is. But yeah, if you sort of just persevere through it, I think feel like uh, yeah, eventually you sort of come up with a solution or find a way to make it work because there's not really any other option. Having shared a multitude of advice to listeners, Freestone takes a new approach this time. He tells us what he would say to his younger self 10 years ago. What would I say to myself 10 years ago? Probably go harder, take more risk, um, submerge myself in, in the industry a lot more and uh, get really good at discipline and saying no to other outside influences. I totally resonate with that as well too. Sometimes just yeah, hindsight always is good in some sense to be able to help you push forward because you can always make changes now rather than wait for later. Yeah, exactly right. And when you're younger, you know, you always feel like you're missing out or, you know, you always want to go on that next adventure or what your friends are doing and, you know, it's really hard to to say no to, you know, catching up or doing this when you know you sort of wanted to be focusing on your goals or other aspects of your life. Yeah, totally. And then looking forward to the future, what are you most excited about in, say, the next five years? Uh, just growing uh, in the industry, you know, creating you know, something really great for myself here and, um, yeah, I just I really enjoy helping other people make the right decisions in the property market as well. Uh, that's, you know, something that I love to do. So, really passionate about that and uh, continuing on with, uh, with property. Well, Jackie, you've achieved quite a lot in, in such a short period of time. You know, you've grown a portfolio. You've also got successful businesses that you've ran and also running a business now as well. How much of that success do you think has been due to skill, intelligence and hard work and how much do you think has been due to luck? Um, I think you, you sort of create your own luck. I think um, I've created it just from, you know, getting out there and having a go and, um, you know, learning from other people uh, that, you know, uh, are more advanced than myself and that have more experience uh, and that's really helped guide me. But I think the main thing is, is just to get in there and, and start. Thank you to Jack Freestone, our guest on this episode of Property Investory.